The seclusion of loneliness to me reverts us back to childhood. To being meek, nervous and doubtful of being able to make real connections with people. Which makes us vulnerable and weary. This does hinder potential connections to be made. We build up walls to protect ourselves from that feeling we initially encountered. Loneliness. I'm Jaja Mohammed. I'm a producer journalist. And as a producer, I spend around 70% of my time alone, isolated, engrossed in my daily tasks. It requires my full attention. Headphones on, noise blocked out, real deep focus, especially while adapting to this new working from home format. But what I'm describing is the matter of being alone, which I now know after talking to several people is slightly different to loneliness, but falls within the umbrella. My first encounter of loneliness began when I was 11 years old. It was my first day of secondary school. And as I walked through the dark hallways of this unfamiliar place, I noticed people staring. I kept my head straight to make sure I wouldn't make any eye contact as I passed through the halls, but I could feel their eyes burrowing in. The reason why they were staring at me is because I was one of the only black students. I grew up as Muslim, and with all the best intentions, my family thought it was best I was educated at a faith-based school. I had the biggest culture shock, and what I didn't anticipate is that those formative years would be the loneliest period of my entire life. When I initially thought about covering the topic of loneliness, I knew I had to approach it with care. I discussed it with a few people and I received a general response of, ah, interesting, with a slightly surprised look as though to query if I was lonely. And to be honest, this was my expectation. Typically, people do not like to address the lonely elephant in the room. So what's the textbook definition of loneliness? To be affected with, characterised by, or causing a depressing feeling of being alone. Lonesome. Lone. Solitary. Without company. Companionless. From experience, I do think it's more nuanced than this, which is why I wanted to hear from other people. It comes from when you feel that perhaps no one understands the situation that you're in or there's no one who can quite relate to what you're going through and you just feel like you're the only person who's in that situation. You know how you're in a group of friends talking to them and then you just zone out? You find yourself lost. Just something wrong, like something missing and I could not put my finger on it. You know, ultimately, whether you're 55 or you're 12 years old, loneliness is a yearning for connection, you know? In my mind, it's connecting with somebody or something. In the last couple of years, I felt overwhelmed with the messaging around me, whether it's via social media, in the newspapers, or on TV. As we've been in the pandemic, there's been countless people, from my perspective, screaming out that they're lonely. Not directly, but themes of loneliness sprout everywhere. Whether it's scrolling through tweets, which highlight the outrageous dating app failures, and the worry of being alone forever, which then leads to threads feeling the humans are trash trope, or the looming Valentine's Day posts, 
it's all just a bit much to digest. In 2020, Office for National Statistics, or ONS, research showed 5% of people in Great Britain, which equals to 2.6 million adults, reported that they felt lonely often or always. Which was about the same proportion pre-lockdown. There seems to be a leading idea that we shouldn't have to change ourselves or compromise for anyone, and that everyone around us is the problem. And fair enough, we shouldn't have to change for anybody, but is there any grace for each other? If we've all felt similar at some point, where does empathy come in? Day by day, we find more ways to make our echo chambers smaller and smaller. If we close ourselves off, is this not a problem which drops us deeper into the hole of loneliness? With all the social media platforms aiming to make us more connected than ever, I wonder why we're the loneliest we've ever been in our generation. I spoke to Mira. She's a podcast producer and personal trainer in her spare time. The first feelings of loneliness emerged for her when she enrolled into university. It just kind of grew and I didn't really notice until just the feeling had swallowed me whole and I felt cold and just empty and I didn't know how to fix it and at first I couldn't really figure out that it was loneliness and obviously there's probably a few other emotions mixed in there but I just did not know that it was loneliness because there were all these people around me and then it grew and grew and grew and then it got to the point where I was like I just can't even go into class anymore because I'm looking around and I've got anxiety because I'm going into this class and I'll say hi and you wouldn't think anything was wrong but I just feel nothing and I feel so I think my arms and legs literally just felt cold like cold to the touch but I just felt like I couldn't feel my body properly having all of these people around me suddenly felt really overwhelming it was very bizarre <laughs> just an unpleasant feeling I didn't know how to fix it so I didn't spend more time with people to give them enough time to realize that maybe something was wrong so I just could not figure out how to make space and time to connect with people in that way because it felt like everybody was there for a different reason some people you're going to vibe with some people you're not but for some reason I just could not figure out how to how to do it when I came home and spent time with my family I felt so different that I felt like I couldn't really open up with them and then it was hard to bridge that gap because I was like I feel like you don't really know me and I can't tell you this really personal thing that even I don't understand completely how am I supposed to tell you that I feel lonely and then what are you going to say you're going to say go make friends at university I didn't open up about it to anybody in any of my circles of my life and it just ended up getting worse it felt like a failure I was like I can't do this why can't I do this and then I'd see people dropping out because they evidently felt the same way and I was like, I don't want to be a failure. I can't drop out and then come home to my Indian family and tell them I've gone to Scotland. I've made all of these big decisions and now I can't follow through with it. And I just kind of hoped that if I stuck it out, it would be okay. But I felt this massive sense of shame because I didn't know for sure if other people around me at university felt the same way or even people in my family felt the same way. Mira's loneliness was situational and persistent. It's ordinary for loneliness to settle in when relocating, but her specifically developed into something much deeper. In 2018, the UK was appointed its first ever Minister for Loneliness. I had just found out in 2021 that this role even existed. Is there anything actually
actually been done to target loneliness? Our current Minister Baroness Barron shared in June 2021 that we are still in a critical stage of tackling loneliness. They have urged small charities to apply for funding to raise awareness, but it's hard to measure what impact these funds and campaigns have actually done. This initiative was begun by the late British lawmaker Jo Cox. She'd made it her mission to flag that the UK government would urgently need to tackle this epidemic. The report she was working on, Combating Loneliness One Conversation at a Time, was followed up after her death by fellow MPs. They shared that a staggering 9 million of the total population of 67 million people had felt lonely some or all of the time. Also, the harrowing fact that an estimated 1.1 million Brits who are lonely are 50% more likely to die prematurely than people with a good social network, making loneliness as big a mortality risk as diabetes. And a lack of social connections has been linked to cardiovascular health risks, high blood pressure, depression, and risk of dementia. This is according to the Royal College of General Practitioners. Someone who's dealing with loneliness at present is Vivian. She's based in Uganda and she shared with me how a specific situation left her extremely lonely, sequentially falling into depression. I really, really did want to talk to one of the people around me, but I just couldn't. That's when I read about it online. And then it occurred to me that, hey, I'm actually a very lonely person. <laughs> I was dating this person and uh, I found out they were married. We had been together for two years then, found out through Facebook. Most cases, I would just get to my bed and uh, cry. Actually, at some point, I thought of relocating to a totally different city. If I woke up one day and relocated and stayed around new people who did not know me, maybe the feelings of loneliness would automatically disappear. Maybe I would be happier. I tried to reach out to someone that knew me. They were either too busy. They would be like, ah, it's just a phrase. You know, there is this a mentality in Africa that depression is a myth that young people do not have anything that can bother you. I, the first time I tried to open up to a family member, a cousin, because I told them I felt lonely. They're like, ah, if you're young, what could possibly bother you? I mean, so I had fear. I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want people to look at me like a loser. Most of the reasons I felt lonely were either because I did not have siblings and they kept wondering, okay, what would have my life be like if I had siblings, you know, someone I could talk to, reach out to because all my friends around me had seemed to have larger families and stuff like that. I really, 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 really did not know how to open up. And also I was young, much younger, and I also had a lot of self-esteem issues. So most cases, I would go to Facebook, maybe if I saw that maybe someone is a counselor or something like that, I would just randomly open up to a stranger, but still they did not help. At some point, what I really, really felt I needed was someone who is going to handhold me to show me that, okay, hey girl, this is what you're supposed to do. Do it like this. That is what I think I wasn't getting it, not from family or friends. So I actually still feel lonely even up to date. I try to call a friend, but uh, most days, if it actually occurs that I'm lonely that day, they're not available. So what I usually do 
is I listen to music or I drink alcohol. So when I wake up, <laughs> if I know it, I'm distracted and yeah, life goes on. And I wait for the next time it probably strikes again. We are all aware that there is a stigma of loneliness. 92% of us in the UK find it difficult to tell others that we are lonely. This is according to Campaign to End Loneliness. During the pandemic, I've personally understood how being alone can swiftly expose what the reality is. You're faced with everything. And I can see how aloneness has swiftly transformed into loneliness. Typically, when I think of lonely people, the older generation springs to mind. However, 9 out of 10 people between the ages of 18 to 24 are the largest group of lonely people in the UK. This is according to YouGov. Someone who has embraced their loneliness is 23-year-old Charlotte. Due to one of her parents being in the military, her constant displacement has impacted how she's been able to connect to people. Charlotte is currently living in Belgium and works as a freelance writer and teacher. My whole life has been kind of moving around every five or so years, growing up in different places. So I think the first times that I felt lonely were always when we just moved somewhere new and I didn't know anyone and I didn't have any friends. A lot of the memories kind of are from when I'm at school. But I think once I reached secondary school age and I moved in year 10, so just before my GCSEs, and I can remember walking into this secondary school I was sat by myself and that was the first time that I kind of thought, oh yeah, this is a little bit, this feels a bit lonely. On the other hand, I think loneliness is so different because at the same time, when I think of that memory in particular, I remember coming back to my family and, you know, everywhere I've moved and everything I've done, I've always had my family. Being away from my friends, maybe living in a different country to my parents, living alone, not getting out the house, kind of having no one in that space immediately to spend time with loneliness was this kind of dominoes the kind of thing that just flicked it and then all these other problems started happening and all these emotions and kind of mental states that I'd never ever really had to deal with before I I always thought that I was someone who was really good on their own could live by themselves live on an island and never have to see anyone again And then this kind of past two years in particular has just really changed the way that I thought about that. And then now when everything's starting to go back to normal, it's that thing of, oh, well, I'm meant to be okay, and I'm, you know, everything's fine. So why am I not feeling quite as happy as everyone else, if that makes any sense? (laughs) There are three types of loneliness, physical, which is the feeling of being by yourself and having no one present. The emotional loneliness is lacking genuine connection. An existential loneliness, the feeling of not being able to connect to things outside of ourselves, whether it be having a purpose and place in the world. I spoke to Sean. Similar to me, his loneliness began in his childhood. He's a musician and producer born in Los Angeles. Now he's based in Kilkenny, Ireland. He's acknowledged that the presence of loneliness will always remain. Where I lived in Los Angeles, it was apartments, not a lot of kids. The schools in my district were not too good. So my mom was like, you know, there's no point in going there. What are you going to learn? 
she homeschooled me and I'm an only child. So from probably maybe six, seven, I kind of recognized like, oh, it would be cool if there were people around. I'm grateful because I work in music. So because of that, there's a lot of people around, you know, it's like playing bands, I produce for people. There's a great deal of that work. And I think creative work in general, that's solitary. But at the same time, it's like at some point in the process, the way I have my work life set up, it's like I'm dealing with people. Loneliness for me morphed because it went from, you know, wishing that there were people around, that it wasn't just me in front of a book or a computer or a TV, to wishing that after a long day of work with acquaintances or friends, even close friends, there's actually somebody that I share the intimate details of my life with and I share intimacy and romance and things of that nature with. You're running from gig to gig wishing I was coming home to someone. It was a familiar feeling of my youth just now kind of as a 20-something-year-old. All the crap times that you survived are what make you know you are with somebody, a relationship of support. I think ultimately loneliness is a symptom of a lack of love, be it from the self or be it from an external thing. Someone can argue, oh, if you really love yourself, you don't get lonely. I don't know about that. But to some degree, if you cannot love yourself, it will have an impact on how severe you feel loneliness, I believe. You know, it's that beer after work or that cigarette or, you know, you feel like you're taking yourself out of the situation by inserting those things into your consciousness. If loneliness to us means a lack of connection, what does a real connection to self or to others or to the world look like? Rather than beating myself up about it, I kind of let myself fall into it and I was like, you can feel this in full force and let it crush you for like three weeks and you still have to try and stay on top of other stuff but you can just feel it and that's okay and I think I just sat there and let it envelop me and then went to the GP and told them I told my sister who literally stayed on the phone with me whilst I was in my pajamas I was walking all the way through the city centre to go to the GP and she was like it's all right nobody's looking at you I was like okay this is the one time everybody is looking at me so I was working in a gym at the time and just to kind of pay for my accommodation and stuff. And one other woman who was working there, who was maybe like eight years older than me, I said to her, people keep assuming that I'm older than I am. Or, and she said, it doesn't matter. Just fake it until you make it. Because if you feel like you are meant to be here and you act like you are meant to be here, other people will think it and you will start to believe it more. You're going to lose that imposter syndrome. And so when I went to uni and I started faking it until I made it, I realized like sometimes you just have to put yourself out there and hope for the best and often it will be fine. What we feel every day is not unique. It just can't be. There's so many of us. It's a shared experience. They're all shared human experiences. And if you say it to somebody, they will know how you feel. So 
telling people, sharing it and acknowledging it to yourself, like to me, that I feel that way just massively because I just feel on top of it and I'm like okay well I feel lonely today or I feel sad cool what can I do let me go see someone let me do something that makes me feel a bit better that's what helps me any kind of relationship whether that's with someone else or with yourself where you feel heard and you feel understood and you feel like you're part of something even if that's just part of a circle of people who share what you think or you know share your experience or know how you're feeling I, I think that that is that kind of connection just feeling heard and feeling understood the way life is set up is not conducive to the well-being of the human you know this is like in every single area of our lives if our diet is poor, if our access to food is poor, our brain chemistry is shot. If we're not thinking straight, we can't deal in our life well. We can't handle the things that are coming. I think really the only thing that we can do is fight for and protect our own well-being. Making meaningful connections, openness to share, Listening to yourself to know something's wrong. Understanding it's normal. Having the courage to seek help are all running themes we've uncovered. I guess this is an ongoing conversation, as there will never be a solid solution to loneliness, which can come at any time. Let's continue to talk about it. To name a few initiatives advocating for awareness... Special thanks to Campaign to End Loneliness for conducting the research I referenced, Tackle Loneliness Network, Loneliness Lab, and London is Lonely. And many thanks to our contributors for sharing their stories. Sean Montgomery Dietz, Mera Kamar, Shah Roberts, and Vivian Katsabi. And to Tessa Blankow and Dr. Ellie Pierce for their expertise. This was written and produced by me, Jaja Muhammad. This is a Broccoli Production. <laughs>